It's morning. It's a show. Sometimes it's about woodworking. It's the Woodworking Morning Show. Yeah, baby. We're starting a couple minutes early. What? Shoe L. Take that thumb one thumbs down. Yeah, you <laughs> thumb downer person, you. Well, good morning, everybody. Good it morning. is the Woodworking Morning Show. I'm Mark. I'm Nicole. And we've got some woodworking stuff to talk to you about. We've got questions to answer. The clock is right. The clock is... Are you sure? Did you check? Because yeah, I'm I, looking at it. It okay. says Friday, March 12th. You just never know. <laughs> You know what happened? Some of the letters got jammed in there. Oh. Yeah, the little top has the compartment for the year change, mm-hmm. which is a manual thing. You pop the little uh. numbers in, but it's so stupid because if the thing falls over, those little numbers fall into the mechanism and they get jammed. You so think that's for 150 happened. bucks for that <clears throat> clock, it would do better? It would do a little bit better than that. The cure, the cure for this was to put all the little letters in a baggie and then put that in the little compartment. There and now go. they're not going to go anywhere. So... All right, so we've got some cool stuff to talk about today. Do we? I want to thank some people first. Oh, okay. So you can help support the show on Patreon, also on YouTube. If you see that little join button, uh, there's a little membership thing there. They're both equivalent. We run them both at the same time. There's more benefits give... over on Patreon. Yeah, there's other benefits. Other, like beyond the $5 right. level. But if you pay a certain amount, you generally get the same things on both platforms, just at least for now, because it's we don't want to be different on the different platforms. Yeah. But it's really hard to keep them both going at the same time. But anyways, we anyway. want to thank some people who helped us out. Uh, that's Kevin O'Neill, Gary Ramberg, Chris Conrad, Terry Bullenbaugh, Back to Basics Bushcraft, Daniel Kirkhart, Sean Lund, Mike Terrell, uh, Stephen Cameron. Can, can I say this one? <clears throat> Go ahead. Jilligert one. Whatever that is. Nicholas Tindling, Derek W., and Chad Healy. Chad Healy. So thank you so much. We really appreciate that support, you guys. Um, it means a lot to us. And, uh, well, what do we have to talk about here? So I released a video yesterday. You did. I you, did indeed. He, this was so a long time coming. when he's finished with a video, he tries so hard to, like, I'm going to have a planned release date. And then gonna, he just sits there on it, and he's like, well, maybe I'll just release it right yeah, now. Yeah, Nicole has this thing that she uses that tells us, like, what the hot time is yeah, to release yeah. on YouTube. And I'm like, hey, Nicole, what's the best time to release? She'll tell me. And I'm like, all right, I'm doing it now. Well, and, Ma- <laughs> and Matthew, who does our captions and our show notes, I feel so bad because he emails me this morning. He goes, oh, I didn't get him done. I'm like, I didn't know he was releasing it. Don't worry about it. I think so. what I'm going to try to do is stick to, like, Thursday nights. Okay. Because Friday mornings, this show, like, it's too much. Yeah, I know. Thursday night. Well, most of the time I'm yeah. not doing much. That's a good time to release. Maybe maybe it'll also give us a little uh, grace for this show. Like yeah. the people that want the projects and the normal. And not this garbage. Not this. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> All right. Well, the other problem is this, this like the project was there, but now yeah. this goes to the top of the feed. Yeah, that's true. Maybe that's not, I don't know. Uh, you guys don't care John, about John this. York is in the chat who, who helps me moderate the chat. He says, you make videos? Uh, no, no, not anymore. We just talk about it. Mm-mm. Uh, so here's a little one-minute preview of that video, if you're interested. Bring on the plastic.
the funny thing is there's multiple times in that video and that one minute clip showed it where John and I are totally in sync. Yeah. We're sanding together. We're like kneeling down together. <laughs> it was it was really weird, but that's how it goes sometimes. You si- you've, you've synced up we did. your cycles. <laughs> like, I, I can't even say it. It's not no, family yeah, friendly, it's but a, you know what I'm mean. I know you. Okay. So go to our website, thewoodwhisperer.com. Of course, here on our YouTube channel, you can find that video too. Is there a plan? There actually will be a plan. It's okay. a rough plan. And it's just the basics. So it'll be a free rough plan. Yeah, it's basically the measurements, some drawings, a cut list. Uh, Brian whipped that up for me, and I've got to publish that this morning. So, um, But yeah, it's totally free on this one. The thing is, I don't think a lot of people are going to build this. It was kind of an experiment. It's a little bit weird. But if you're looking for a desk, and sometimes just getting the measurements, you know, seeing what height someone used, what is the width, the length, uh, and also the joinery for the base. It's a beautiful trestle base that can work with any top. You don't have to do the LED and... Um, plastic stuff. So that is something that you can look forward to downloading today mm-hmm. if you're interested. Welcome Nate Littlefield to the TWW Extras. He just joined. Oh, cool. uh, uh, Brian Taylor did a super chat and said, just wondering if bow tie splines are necessary for stabilizing cracks if epoxy is used. Also, is there a way to stabilize punky? What's punky wood? Mm-hmm. Like punky Brewster? Soft wood. wood. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's like wood either just the way it grew or sometimes it could be like a fungus effect. Uh, that tends to be soft and spongy. Okay, mm. stabilizing, so punky, huh? mm-hmm, stabilizing punky wood. Um, I've always heard people using CA glue to do that. Uh, thin CA, just kind of douse it, and that should firm it up. Uh, you can also use a thinned epoxy. If you have access to, like, um, Total Boats epoxy sealer or CPES, that's Clear Penetrating Epoxy Sealer, uh, both of those could go into the punky wood and also firm up those fibers. Um, what was the first? Oh, bow ties. Bow ties. Yeah, I, just, you know I just like the way they look. <clears throat> yeah, I just they look think cool. they look cool. They look cool. It's a good wood-on-wood wood way of preventing that crack from getting bigger. You know, epoxy does have the ability to kind of help prevent cracks from getting worse, but at what point does it give? I don't know what that pressure needs to be for that to happen, so I can't really answer that specifically. Obviously, I think a bow tie is going to be stronger than epoxy, but where the breaking point is, I don't really know. Uh, you know, before we jump back into the questions, I did want to mention our circle templates. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. So Jump right into it's that. It's okay. We had a bunch of these made. This is what they look like when they come from the CNC uh, person. Yeah, our CNC isn't big enough to do that. No, no, we can't do that. We do the prototypes <laughs> yeah, on ours. Yeah. Uh, that's what they look like when they come back. You know, I'm looking at that now and I'm thinking, I think we can do better. I think we can get a couple more. I was going to say, if you just scoot it down just a little bit more. Or just a little bit of... A little bit of scooching. Scooch, scooch, scooch. And I think we can get a couple more. I think so. I don't think we got the best yield that we could have yeah, gotten. Yeah, well, <sighs> oh well. It is. So it is. Uh, those are available in the Wood Whisper store. That's TWWstore.com. And ever, I, the funny thing is, it's hard not to be a smartass when someone says, um, What are the circle templates for? Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's for circles. They're for making circles. Uh, no, seriously, though, the circle templates are there. Because sometimes you need a specific diameter for something and like I'll grab a paint can, I'll grab a bucket, but those large scale circles sometimes are hard to find something that you could use as a guide. And this allows you to actually double stick tape it down to a surface. You could use a flush trim bit to copy the shape. 
the inner and outer diameters are even numbers or specific numbers. So we have everything from like, I think three inches to 12 inches and also the half inch increments as you go. Um, it's also good for drawing, right? So if you're just doing sketches and you wanna draw a circle of a particular size, they're handy for that. So I don't know, I find them very handy mm -hmm. to have and it was one of those things that I wanted to actually produce them because I couldn't find that type of thing anywhere. Uh, years ago, my buddy Ron, back in Arizona, brought some over. He's like, I needed some circles for something, so I just whipped these out on my CNC. Would you like a set? I said, yes, please. Uh, so since then, I have used them quite a bit. I find them very handy. They are new and improved, though. So I, I don't like to improve things so soon after introducing them. They've been out for like a year. Uh, but we were able, I should say John, was able to uh, put a nice crosshair on there. So now if you're trying to line it up with a crosshair to center it on something, that's built into um, to the templates themselves. So anyway, TWWstore.com if you're interested in some circle templates. Oh, so I forgot to mention, <clears throat> mm -hmm. so Total Boat was who the epoxy you used. Total Boit? Boit in the gaming table. Yes. yes. I forgot to tell you, they gave me a coupon code for the viewers. Ermagird. So the I same one they give to everybody else? Yeah, probably. Well, it's Whisper. <laughs> I mean, it's Whisper. Well, it's, it's it, the code is different. Yeah, yeah, it's our code. But everybody who works with Total yeah. Boat gets a code. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. So I We're think, not special. I, I think we're special. If it's 5% more, then I'll think we're special, Nicole. <laughs> But if it's the same number, then it's not special. I'm double checking. I'm pretty sure it's 15% off. It's like the rubber flooring ink company that we worked with yeah. that gave us well, a they, coupon code. Well, we don't code. get the coupon anymore. I know, but it was yeah. the same coupon code that is a pop-up when you first go to their website. It's like, you guys, you're so generous. Hey, it's something say, you save some money. Yeah, yeah Total Boat's so, great. I need to put that in the link. So mm -hmm. I yeah. like those guys. Use the code WHISPER. All right, so I've got, uh, I've got some questions. You want to okay. do questions? You, okay. Brad Logston says, you've long recommended buying tools as they're needed lately with the ridiculously long back orders on almost all quality tools. Does that recommendation change at all? It seems like if I wait until a tool is needed, my projects will be delayed forever. It's a tricky question because this is only a temporary thing. You know, we're not going to be in a situation where tools are on back order. I mean, some of the premium manufacturers are almost always on back order. Uh, anytime you go to buy Lee Nielsen or Lee Valley Plains, there is always a chance that there is a production delay, right? That's just the way it is. So it happens to be a, you know, a lot worse right now. So I don't know, it's hard for me to say whether you should uh, change this theory because what are you gonna do? Buy stuff that you don't need yet in the hopes that you need it? Like that's kind of a crapshoot. How do you know what you're gonna need? I mean, now if you can plan your projects out and think through them, go through that exercise, then you might be able to say, okay, I could pick up this now even though I don't need it for two months. Um, that might be a feasible way to go, I, but I would not recommend just going on a shopping spree and, and buying everything just in case you need it. You know what? Go buy some epoxy. Mm. Use that code and get yourself some epoxy <laughs> just in case you need it. It's whisper-er for 15% off. <clears throat> Gotta do the other er. Er. Whisper-er. <laughs> yeah, also in that video, you know, speaking of coupon codes, if you're into buying a PC, uh, you get a free SSD upgrade uh, oh, yeah. with Doghouse Systems. Um, so that code and all the links and everything are in the, the show notes for that video. Uh, but it's doghousesystems.com. Those guys are great. And just talk, just looking at that picture, just talking about it, I want to shut the stream off <laughs> and I want to go downstairs and play some games. So uh, <laughs> both Kim, my friend Kim, and Stephanie, who I used to do lazily video podcast with yeah video game podcast uh they both switched over so stephanie moved over to pc for fallout 76 and i nice. moved over 
So <laughs> I think we're all going to, the three of us are going to play. Oh, that would be cool. Yeah. The ladies elite getting back together. Yeah, well, <coughs> just, <coughs> to play, band back together. just to play video games. We used to raid uh, together in World of <coughs> Warcraft, and that's yeah. how I met them. So. Oh, yeah, the code is Wood Whisperer. Yeah. There's, no, no. We're, oh, on a, on a doghouse. I don't see it in the show notes. It is in oh, the top at, paragraph. Oh, there it is. It's a top. I could probably separate it out to make it clear. It, it is. I'm Andy just... says, uh, if you give one person a better discount, everyone else complains. <laughs> I don't care about everyone else, Andy. I just care about me. <laughs> and our, our audience. <laughs> and our audience. Uh, we, got a, <clears throat> we got a super chat here from Marcel <clears throat> Francisco. Ooh, that's fun to say. Francisco. It uh, doesn't have a message, so I'm going to have to look through the chat to find his okay. question. So, Marcel, I, I see it. I just need to find it. Okay, you also has a question. Uh, I saw that when you built your miter station, you only finished the outside of the cabinet, not the inside. Are you concerned about the differences in moisture absorption? Could you make the plywood, or could it make the plywood panels bow? Also, I saw you didn't finish the inside of the drawers. Have you seen the drawers splinter on you without finish? <clears throat> no and no. Um, I don't really... I mean, once you put a plywood cabinet together, first of all, the plywood's pretty stable to begin with. Uh, once it's locked into its position by being connected to other things, finishing the outside, it's going to be fine. I mean, I can't think of a, a circumstance where it would just kind of go wonky on you. It's all kind of locked in place. Um, and then as far as the interior of the drawers, not finishing those, I mean, you know, finish can help kind of firm up the corner of a plywood veneer uh, to stop it from flaking off in the, in the future. Uh, but it isn't totally necessary. Sanding will get you there too. Um, so I don't find that finishing that is really adding a whole lot. But go ahead and finish your, your drawers if you want to. And finish the interiors if you want to. Uh, I just don't find it worthwhile on uh, shop cabinets. <clears throat> but any other piece of furniture... I'm finishing the inside. I may not finish it with as many coats and as perfectly as the outside, but I'm going to finish it. I'm still looking for Marcel. It's okay. Antoine Rollin says, The Rubio finish on your cedar bench looks pretty nice. Uh, when I look at the price of the product, though, it seems to be over 10 times plain old teak oil. 10 times? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For a similar volume. How much oil did it take to finish that bench compared to the teak oil finish? Well, I can't give you absolute numbers to tell you like how much more mileage you're going to get out of it if you look at the bottle and the can they probably will give you like most of these products will give you uh coverage numbers or at least the the you know product literature on the website so check into that that might give you actual numeric values what i can tell you is i have a lot of this left i put two coats on that particular project and i use this i can't remember what project i used this on another project before I still got a lot of it to go. Um, the deal with this is you're pretty much putting on one coat. The reason I did two was because Western Red Cedar is really absorbent and soft and it sucks a lot of finish in. So I applied a second coat just in case. Didn't really need it, but I did it anyway. So the difference here with teak oil is teak oil is gonna take several coats. Um, it's a good idea to apply, you know, maybe three or four thin coats. You don't wanna do it real heavy. Um, and especially with that Western Red Cedar, I don't know, man, I probably might have gone through a half a can just getting that thing to the point where it looks even and doesn't have dry pockets and pockets that have a little bit of a sheen to it because it hasn't absorbed as much. Um, so you do get way more mileage out of Rubio products than you would from something else. Now, how those two finishes actually compare in use and outside, I can't comment on that because I haven't really done a side-by-side -side, and I'm actually fairly new uh, to Rubio's hybrid wood protector. But I think the advantage is you, you truly are using a lot 
less. But I don't know, you know, how many things you have to finish. You know, this you, you could also have a situation where you don't use enough of this and it goes bad, right? That can mm -hmm. happen. So since you're holding <clears throat> a Rubio can, sure. Don Sarsgood wants to know what Rubio hard wax oil do you use? Is it the pure or does it have the stain in it? I use some of the stains depending on what I'm trying to do, but 99% of the time I'm using Pure. There you go. Um, and that's why I try to remind people they have two products that are confusing, Pure and Natural. Pure means clear mm. or oil. You know, it's not mm -hmm. totally perfect. It's amber, but, um, and Natural, I believe has like a white pigment or a white dye added to it that gives it a, the kind of the look you would get from a water-based finish uh, where it doesn't bring much ambering to it. And I, I guess that's how it works. Is that how it works? <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> I got a super chat here from, oh, wait, well, I got a super chat from Roger V. Roger, I'm looking for your question, too. I don't see it. And Sandy Adams. And so I'll keep an eye on your, you can put the ch the comment in with the super chat, and yeah. I'll, it's easier for me to read it. Uh, otherwise, I just kind of look around. Look around. <laughs> like Getting a lot lost. of questions about the snow. Yeah, we are due for some snowfall. Mm -hmm. um, it's, this is how like the weatherman works yeah. in Colorado. They never get it wrong because it's like, we're Eventually. either going to have like one inch or three feet <laughs> somewhere in the middle. So there's your forecast. Get ready. Yeah. We don't really know for sure what we're getting until it happens. Get your bread, get your eggs, get your milk. <laughs> yeah. Go shopping, hunker down, and then there's like well, an inch. It's funny, but the truly native Coloradans, yeah. they don't go grocery shopping. <laughs> they just, yeah. it's going to come. I don't it's think gonna... there's many of them left here. No. <laughs> it's, <laughs> all, it's all idiots like us. Uh, all right. So let's see. And yeah, we're actually supposed to get quite a bit. And uh, I don't think it's really going to come till tomorrow. Maybe, yeah. a, maybe a little overnight. I don't know. Okay. So Paul Engel is trying to drill a hole in a nine inch wide board. His drill press only has six inches of travel. He says the top options I've seen are Drill as deep as you can with the drill press, then raise the drill press table and keep going until you clear the hole. Uh, number two, use the drill press table at the first six inches and then do the rest by hand using the hole as a guide to stay true. And three, carefully mark both sides of the board. Use the fence to keep the holes from coming in uh, diff different directions to keep everything aligned. The hole is for the pin of the bench crafted leg vise. What approach would you take? Okay, well, I think your first two options are both pretty equivalent. Um, I think starting the hole and then raising the table and just continuing it through, that probably is going to be the best course of action, requiring the least amount of work. That's what I would do. Uh, it, but you can also take everything apart, get that starter hole going, and then use a hand drill to do the rest. You're not going to really waver by the time you're six inches deep into a board. Uh, you should be totally fine. What I would not do is the flippy flippy. That's like my, my least favorite option. Only because the drill press, you know, sometimes it's just not absolutely perfect in terms of being square and getting those lines located perfectly. So when you flip it and you go and drill in from the other side, it might be slightly off, right? You have a better chance of it being off than just simply continuing uh, from the other side. So uh, option one or two is what I would go for. <clears throat> okay. Sebastian Marchand. What type of glue are you using when applying veneer with a vacuum bag? The Better Bond Express seems nice. That's from veneersupplies.com. Uh, he says, but it's hard to get here in Montreal. Type on cold press glue for veneer recommends 100 to 250 PSI application pressure, which is way more than a vacuum bag can provide. I've read that it was still working fine in a vacuum bag for flat veneer uh, applications. Okay, so I used 
Unibond's product uh, by, by Vacu Press Systems. They have two glues, uh, Unibond 800, that's the formaldehyde, that's the stuff that works really well, let's put it that way, uh, but also contains formaldehyde. And then they have a PVA variety that is Unibond 1. That's the stuff that I used most recently on a bent lamination. Um, and I have used that for veneering in the past, works, works pretty nice. Um, so to clarify though, I actually very quickly this morning wrote to Typon just to say, hey, what's the deal with this PSI rating? Um, that does sound like a lot. Uh, and if you know anything about, you know, how vacuum presses work, you're really only looking at peak pressure, atmospheric pressure. And I think that's what, 14.7, Nicole? Sure. Okay. So 14.7 <laughs> pounds per square inch, you're never going to get to that number. That 12050 number is crazy. So I actually wrote them and thankfully got an answer very quickly this morning from Typebond. And they said pretty much what he's saying, that... For flat veneer work, it should be fine in a vacuum press. That's not a problem at all. That PSI rating, I think, is for some sort of other pressing. Like, I, I've got, I'm waiting for details to find out what it is. But it is for, like, solid wood material and not necessarily veneers. But it is very confusing. If you look at that number and you know what a vacuum press can do, you would say, I can't use this on veneer. This isn't going to work, right? Uh, so that, that could be potentially confusing. So I think you are fine with the cold press glue if, if that's easier for you to get in Montreal um, as an option. Also consider the fact that a lot of people just use regular type bond, uh, whatever what version they want to use, two, three, one. Um, Philip Morley, when he did his panels for the, um, the Guild project of the Morley lounge chair, he just used type bond, right? It's a fairly small panel. Uh, it's not going anywhere, and it seems to work well for a guy at his caliber. A type so. so, yeah. <laughs> uh, Marcel Francisco, I just want to keep saying his name. Francisco. Francisco. Uh, do you agree with applying a few drops of CA glue to pieces with wood, with wood glue applied to hold the pieces in place? Yeah, I do it all the time. Do you? I invented that technique, Nicole. No, you didn't. I did. I invented that. I invented the cutting board. Cutting board. Yeah. I have also invented uh, Cremona, so there's that. <laughs> I The funny thing about this, I'm making... Kind of like uh, Norm would use nails to hold it in place. Hold it in just place to hold it in till place until the glue dries. <laughs> I'm making these things. We're actually going to sell these. So next uh, week we've yep. got this video coming out. And I've made yeah, a bunch of them. And yep. I say I, but really John's done yeah. most of the work. Uh, so what happened is there's a little bit of tear out. Mm. So sometimes the CNC, the bit just isn't happy with the wood. We get a little bit of tear out and I had to fix it. How did I fix it? Well, I want the long-term bond strength of regular glue. So I have type bonds speed set here. I put a little bit of speed set on there and then I get a couple dabs of CA glue periodically. I don't let, I don't get them to mix. I try right. to keep them separate. Uh, and I put the CA glue down on there press it and hold it, spray it with the activator, and then I kind of have the best of both worlds. So oh. I just did a lot of that yesterday. Interesting. Mm -hmm. and how I many, did, I did how many of those it, so. How many of those do you think we'll have? I have no idea. We're going to have a whole bunch of sets because when Mark showed... Hold on. The... We are not going to have a whole bunch of sets. We're going to have as many as we could produce, okay. but it's going to be very limited, limited. quantities. <laughs> this is not something but what like... Happens... We're not going to have 100. Right, no. Uh, <clears throat> 20. That's a whole bunch I, for I, us. I, I hope so. <laughs> they take a, even though they are cut on the CNC, yeah. the back is not cut on the CNC. We do that at the table saw, and everything is finished by hand. Because guess what? The CNC doesn't do as good as me. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So I have a lot of sanding and finishing work to do on this and then applying the finish. So, yeah, there's a lot of handwork that goes into those being finished. But we, we'll be lucky if we have We've 20. never done this before. We've never had <clears throat> a, a product. No. 
that you can purchase when the video comes out. Right. So this is going to be exact product. It'll be a, an experiment. Yep. Roger V says Nicole. My question was, hey guys, greetings from Calgary. I'm making my six-year-old a bed with maple. What finish would you recommend? Is it the Mateo's bed maple? No. What's that? That's uh, alder. Alder. I don't know. What finish do you want to use? Yeah. What do I you... mean, literally any finish. So it depends on what you're looking to get out of the finish, what level of protection you and want. Low VOC. You, if, if it's a you're, kid's bed. If you're concerned about you know VOCs and off-gassing, then there might he's be certain also, finishes you want to use and don't want to use. He's in Calgary, <clears> so <throat> it's cold up there. So it's not like you can just take it outside and let it off-gas. Yeah, so he's, well, I mean, let's assume he's got a heated shop to work in. Yeah, it's still off-gas <laughs> yeah. in this shop, though? Yeah, we do it all the time. It's uh, called woodworking. It's stinky. It is stinky, but that's life. Um, I don't know. I mean, it, it, again, I need to know more about your desires for this this finish and what you want it to do. Anything from a wipe-on poly is perfectly fine. You want to go low VOC, consider something like Rubio. Um, Osmo makes great hard wax oil finishes. They're not no VOC, though. Uh, they do have a low VOC variety. Um, if it's maple and you want to keep that pure whitish sort of maple color, then you want to look at water-based finishes. Uh, if you go anything with oil-based, you're going to wind up getting a little bit of that ambering, yellowing that happens. And if you don't want that, look at water-based finishes. Um, but sky's the limit, and it, you really just have to narrow it down based on you know, your expectations for the finish. Hmm. Okay. <clears throat> Jeffrey Smith. Jeffrey, 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 Jeffrey. Question about your shop. Have you had to make any special considerations for noise uh, from your shop since you're in a neighborhood? I am designing a shop now, and I'm considering how much thought... I need to put into soundproofing for loud dust collection and the rest to avoid angering all my neighbors. So here's what you should do. In my situation, to answer your question, no, I haven't done anything. But I do have insulated garage doors. That certainly helps. And the space is overall insulated. There's insulation in the uh, attic space up here and insulation in the walls. So one thing that you should do is close your doors and turn on some tools. And it's actually surprisingly quiet, at least from my experience. When you have that door closed and you got a dust collector running, first of all, that's just like a loud vacuum cleaner. So even if you just have a shop vac, that is probably more annoying to listen to than your dust collector. Uh, but turn on your loudest stuff, uh, close the doors, go out in your driveway, and see what you can hear. You'll probably find that by the time you get to the end of your driveway, it's just a mild white noise, right? So it's really only you know, maybe the planer and the dust collector, I think are going to be your two loudest things you're going to have to contend with. Um, but I think you'll be surprised, unless you have a very lightweight, flimsy garage door, uh, zero insulation, and houses really, really close to your house, I actually don't think it's that much of a problem. I don't think you need to go nuts with this stuff. And our nearest neighbors, they're not, we're not right on top of each other in this neighborhood, but the distance from my garage door to my neighbor's, like, we're in a cul-de-sac and it's a weird arrangement, but my garage door is here. My neighbor's front door is, well, what would you say that is? 50 feet? Yeah, something like that. <clears throat> something like that. Um, by the time you get to the end of my driveway and you're at the sidewalk, you can't hear what's going on. The regular ambient noise of life in the world is louder. You'll probably hear the cars from the street more than you will hear. You will get blamed <clears throat> for every noise in the neighborhood, though. Now, that is true. You try to tell that story? Yes, so yes. my neighbor, my neighbor great, was getting this weird noise in the middle of the 2 night. 2 a.m. in the morning. And I saw him. I was just out in the driveway. He goes, hey, I meant to ask you, do you have like 
are you doing like a late night live stream <laughs> for like European viewers or you know are you working late at night or are tools turning on he's like because man the last few nights like two or three in the morning uh, we're woken up by this uh, loud, loud noise. noise and I'm like I don't know what you're talking about and they're probably like <clears throat> cussing us like Mark well, and I'm sure he doesn't believe me because of course I had power do, tools what what was uh do we remember do you remember uh, what it was? Yeah, I'll finish the story. Okay. So I'm like, yeah, but here's the problem. None of my tools will ever be loud enough that with your windows closed and right. your door closed, you will never hear any of it. Even with the windows open, you won't hear it. And he's like, well, uh, okay. But, you know, you could tell it was like, yeah, but thanks, dude. I don't believe you. You're the noise guy, right? So it turns out. And I even checked back in with him. I'm like, did you find out what that was? Because I, I even turned my... Yeah, um, we, you unplugged I turned the power yeah. off to the shop just to say, like, look, there was no power in here. Nothing could have turned on. So it turned out... You guys know what it was? Can anybody guess? It was his toilet. He had a toilet on the far end of his house that something was building up pressure yeah. and it would go... Like that. And then he would get up in the middle of the night. It would be resolved yeah. already. The yeah, pressure yeah, yeah, was yeah. already relieved. <clears throat> and he couldn't figure out where the noise came from. He just knew it came from this side of the house. Right. A toilet. So he had a plumber come out. And the guy's like, yeah, it's weird, but this stuff can happen. Yeah. And I'm like, see, wasn't me. It was You're your, like, it was your pooper. vindication. Yeah. Made me feel bad. Well, I felt really nervous about it. I know it. you like, did. I don't want the neighbors thinking I'm like a nuisance and I'm making all kinds. And I, I do make sure it's not loud. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, got a Chris, uh, Chris, got a question from Chris, uh, MP. I'm building a few photo frames and finishing them with an oil based varnish, armor seal, perhaps. Do I need to worry about oil leaching onto my artwork? Should I shellac the rabbit and not oil that? Well, you're going to, if you look into picture frames, and I'm not a good example of this because I generally ignore this stuff. Isn't that but why I you have matting too? Yeah, I, I hear about this all the time. Yeah. Your artwork really should never be in contact with the wood itself, mm -hmm. right? So I don't think you should have any leaching issues if you have your, your glass down and then you have a mat down and then your artwork on top of that and then a backer on the artwork. Uh, the artwork is kind of floating in a sense, mm -hmm. and it's never in contact with the frame. You could use anything you want if you're properly uh, framing that artwork in the first place. Don't look at me for advice on that because I just don't. Sometimes I'm like, I don't care. It's fine. Like it's totally <laughs> fine. This is not like a prized possession you're going to see on a you know antiques roadshow in the future. It's a mm -hmm. drawing that a friend made. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not worried about it. So, but he is. That helps. If you are worried about it do the proper thing and make sure you have a nice uh, mat in there. Yeah, to, and it uh, can be a very thin <clears throat> mat too. It doesn't have to be like that big chunky kind and of mat. And I think that's the problem a lot of times is I don't plan for it. And mm -hmm. you really do need to plan for it, right? Because your artwork has a certain dimension. Then your mm -hmm. matting is going to cover some of that artwork. And yeah. if your artwork goes right out to the borders. To the, to the edge. Yeah, that's the problem. You cut some of it off. So, yeah. <clears throat> I was an art major and I learned how to cut my own mats. It was oh, very, really? It was a very... It's been a very useful skill because I can do that. That you've now. never done again? No, I've done it. Have you? Yeah. How come none, none of our artwork has mats, Nicole? Because it just doesn't have it. <laughs> I can show you the mats that just, I've made. Hey, speaking of making things, <laughs> did you guys see what I made on my 3D printer? Uh, thanks to the advice of the Guild Facebook group, yep. I said, what you guys like in 3D printers? Because my little toy box printer that we got, Mateo. It's great. It's great for kids. It's so great for kids. it's great for, for kids. small things. But obviously, when you have, you know, a little plate that's like this big, there's mm -hmm. only so much you can do on there. 
and I really wanted to kind of dig into this stuff. So I built, <clears throat> built. That is definitely not the right word. <laughs> I I pressed a button. Pressed a button. <laughs> I and found. Out, and and I, I found on Thingiverse, uh, Maverick spool, and it doesn't have to be a Maverick brand. But you guys have uh, probes in the kitchen or a barbecue. These things are ridiculous. They're all over the pantry. I mm-hmm. keep them in a bucket. It's stupid. There's our alarm to let us know. We have to stop the show soon. Uh, so, yeah, so these little probes are all over the place. Well, you just, it's a two-part print, and you pop them together, and then it's a nice little spool that keeps everything nice and contained. And it only takes eight hours. Only eight hours. <laughs> there are things I can do. I think there are, uh, some guys sent me profiles yeah. that I could pop in there that actually will help uh, speed things up but give you, like, the optimal amount of strength. No right. more than you need, right. but enough to make sure the thing survives. So our little neighbor, <laughs> one of our... Uh, <clears throat> Mateo's friends came over and is like, I want to print something. Yeah. And so he, he went through like the little, and he goes, I want that. And it was like this jet. And I was thinking it was going to be a tiny little jet. Yeah. No, it was like 10 parts. Oh God. <laughs> it was like this giant it's a jet. Whole thing. And it took me. And you're like, I'll it, see you on Thursday, it kid. It took me two days to print that yeah. thing. <laughs> that is the weird thing. about. I mean, it's, it's such a cool technology, prototyping and things like that. But if you're actually trying to, to really knock these things out quickly, it's definitely a slow process. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, let's get through these questions Okay, real quick. get through those questions. Jeff Barry, <clears throat> the assembly table, you mentioned being able to replace the melamine top. I noticed you didn't glue the edge banding to that layer, but it's separate if the screws are removed. I don't completely understand the question there, um, but the only thing I could say is, if you remove the screws from the bottom and it's not glued around the perimeter, you should be able to pull the top out and replace it. That was the intention, and, and if I ever do replace it, that's that's what we'll do. I got a, uh, a super chat from Robert Price. Just tuned in. Top of the video says doghouse. Seems like a fa- fancy doghouse. Huh? Our video has a doghouse? I don't know. There's a doghouse? Uh, I don't see it. He, I don't know what, what he's referring to. Maybe you're referring to the... The, the the recent video the one minute video yeah. oh he was he tuned in during the one minute oh okay <laughs> already um, let's see someone wants to know about AWFS Ken says um, if F- AWFS is going on this year are you going nope nope <laughs> don't think it requires any more explanation nope <laughs> Seth Downs I mean here's the thing those events the purpose of the event is to interact and talk and shake hands. And, you know, be with as many people as possible mm-hmm. during the few days that I'm there. Uh, given the current situation, that sounds like the dumbest thing for me to do. As much as I like it and as much as I'd love to be able to, to do that, um, I will do that when it's just generally considered safer. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of a little bit of a germ freak right at the, the best of times. Right on the edge of it. I know? mean, I don't know if anyone remembers when I went to um, WorkbenchCon. This yes. was right before the right. pandemic. We were even questioning, should we go? Yeah, I showed a picture of all of the antibacterial wipes and all, like my whole bag full of stuff that I brought with me so that I would feel comfortable interacting with that many people. Mm. So yeah, that's yeah, I'm just weird like that. Okay. Uh, Stephen <clears throat> Lena said, what printer did you end up getting? It's the Prusa, Prusa. Mark Prusa. 3 something or other. Yeah. 3, there's a 3 in it. <laughs> It's like the main one. <laughs> somebody, somebody, Dave Palmer, he hooked you up. The MK3. Yeah, Mark III. <laughs> Thank you, Dave, for putting that that's what in I there. Said I said it, just less confidently, okay? <laughs> oh, that's I got to get through the questions. Okay, okay, okay. You also got a super chat. 
Ah, Jonathan Katz Moses is here. <laughs> What's he got to say? Uh, stuck a chisel in my finger this ah! week. Forgot to taper legs before glue up. How's your week going? Oh my gosh. Um, better than yours, man. Hey. <laughs> That's no fun. I was off. That uh, all right, let's rip through these questions. Curious how the Seth Downs says. I'm curious how the budget bandsaw blade has been working out. I buy a lot of expendable blades, but wouldn't mind investing in a nice carbide if it'll last, last equivalently longer. Equivalently longer. Carbide is supposed to last a lot longer. I've just been having breakage issues. Um, so if you want a blade that's going to stick around for a long time, can be resharpened, uh, you're talking on the order of years with a carbide blade, it's great, right? But right now, I have that uh, local company made that blade for me, and it's fantastic. It's fine. Is the cut quality as good as the carbide? No. Is it going to last as long as a carbide? Well, in my hands, maybe, because mine kept breaking, all right? But they're not supposed to break, so... If they're working like they should work, it'll last. Steve Lund <laughs> says, uh, I've committed myself that 2021 is the year I spend my time focusing on improving my shop from base cabinets, wall cabinets, finishing off the space to make it more enjoyable to work in. Haven't, where, what about the TV? You didn't mention the TV. Uh, having only purchased eight projects from the Wood Whisperer Guild site, only. Only. He says only eight, Nicole. I'm thankful for that eight. Uh, and scanning the Wood Whisperer free site, I constantly find myself finding new techniques from the project or seeing things in the background that I incorporate into my design. Now that you have used the miter station, the workbench cabinet, the double drawer storage, uh, wall hanging tool chest, tool storage cabinet, to name a few, is there anything you would add or remove from your current space? I'm adding as many base cabinets with the space I have and attempting to maximize the upper cabinet height due to limited square footage in my shop. But I noticed in your shop it appears that you don't have as many upper cabinets is this just because you still have enough square footage and don't see the need to add more upper cabinetry? Okay, try to answer this quickly. Uh, yeah, so some of those projects you mentioned, uh, they're not here anymore. Um, so the, the tool cabinet that I made, which was like a low tool cabinet with a bunch of cubbies and a flip-up lid, when we moved here, the shop was too small. I just didn't have room for it. It went downstairs. Nicole used it for... Uh, sewing stuff oh, yeah, and quilting right. stuff, and, we gave it, and then we gave it away. Uh, we have a Denver's uh, Denver Woodworkers Facebook group. Yep, and I'll give away stuff. So somebody actually got that from yeah. that group. Yep. So that is no longer here, and uh, the tool cabinet, the wall hanging tool cabinet, was something that was very useful for a while. But now you can see where my tools are. In the end, if you have enough wall space, having your tools on the wall, it's the way to go, right? If you have issues with maybe, I guess, too much humidity or something, and you want to keep your tools contained and have some desiccant in there, that's a different story. But I live in Denver, super dry. All my tools are right here on the wall where I need them, and I can get to them easily. Um, so, yeah, I mean, outside of that, you know, upper cabinets, I just don't have a whole lot of need or really room. I mean, look around, Nicole. Can you see any place I could put upper cabinets? Well, there's a TV over there, yeah, yeah, and I'm not getting rid of the TV. Maybe up there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've got a lot of... But it's like really... There's a window there. Yeah, 12-inch cabinets it up would, there. It would be equivalent to the space that you get right above the refrigerator. Yeah, that little tiny cabinet. Where Wouldn't stuff be worth just it. goes to die, and you forget that stuff is even up there until you move. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, I, I guess fortunately, I have enough lower cabinet storage that I don't find the need for upper cabinet storage. And I have lots of clamps I want on the wall. Um, just lots of stuff. I, I find the walls are great for hanging all the stuff and making them accessible. So that's just, uh, you know, my personal preference. Keep in mind with your shop, say this all the time, the shop is an ongoing evolution. 
right? So whatever you do, you're probably going to change it five years from now, it's right? Never so you, finished. Yeah, you just kind of try to slowly but surely refine and continue doing things. You come up with a new idea. Um, just when I did the floors, I had a rearrangement that I actually really, really liked, and I was able to get rid of my finishing cabinet, mm -hmm. uh, my metal finishing cabinet, because now I have all, using those upper cabinets, I have a lot of my finishes up there. Your mom has the metal yeah, cabinet yep. now. Well, yeah. she stores a lot of the Wood Whisperer merch, merch in there. <laughs> all right, I am done with questions. I got some more questions. Are, okay, well, we got to make it fast. Okay. Uh, Jonathan McCarthy wants to know what kind of router, router you have in your router table. It's that uh, Porter, power, cable. Porter cable one that they discontinued. Yeah, well, yes. I don't know if it's fully discontinued, but I know they had gotten crappier over mm -hmm. time. And I do think you're right. I remember they announced something where they're not going to be making them yeah, anymore. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I it, think you're right. 7518, Speedmatic 7518 is what's in the router if table. If you uh, head on over to Amazon.com slash shop slash The Wood Whisperer, I do have a section um, called Friday Live. This question's come up a few times, and I did add the mm -hmm. router there, so you can actually see the specs for it. Got a super chat question from super Ken. Chat. But butts him right up to the front of the line, Nicole. Yeah, it does. Uh, he says, I took a few classes with William Ng, just because I like to hang out with him. William's a great guy. Uh, do you plan to do any classes with him? I think you did in the past. Now, do you mean at the school, or do you mean filming with him? Um, I don't have any current plans to teach anywhere right now. Just um, it's it's tough, you know, being busy and doing stuff here at the shop. It's tough to get away for a whole week in the planning that goes into that. So probably not anytime soon teaching. But um, I will, <laughs> you know, I would love to do an actual video class mm -hmm. uh, with William. He's just a brilliant uh, woodworker and a great mind and a really nice guy and pretty funny. Um, I haven't seen William in a long time. It's been a while, yeah. Yeah, I'd yeah. Li like to do something with him, but you know, he's also busy. So uh, finding a time that we can actually get together to do something would be tricky. Hey, <clears throat> speaking of Amazon, since I'm talking about I'm thinking about it. Um, if you watch the Wood Whisperer on Amazon and you're like wondering where all the new videos are, mm -hmm. um, they're changing their rules. So as of right now, I only have 14 seasons, which is basically... 14 years. Mm -hmm. um, I haven't been able to upload this year's videos because they are reevaluating. So I hopefully I can get the 15th season up. We'll I mean, see. It's Amazon Prime. Yeah. You know, you got to figure at some point, you know, putting user generated content out yeah. there that's not coming from like a professional studio. Hey, we're professional. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Todd, I might need you to start making. Yeah. And I might need <clears throat> you to start uh, making Amazon ready because they actually do have a lot of requirements you can't call out like yeah. subscribe because you well, can't people do... are watching on a yeah. they're not watching on their phone necessarily right. they're not watching on youtube so yeah so, don't reference so if you are watching it uh from amazon prime uh and wondering where the new videos are i do have them ready i just i'm i'm working with amazon to try to get that 15 15th season up. All right, can I close with this question? Sure. It's not a question, it's a statement, but I wanted to say something about it. J.B. Lewis says, seems strange that Porter Cable would get out of the router business since they were pretty much the ubiquitous router for so long. So this is just my observation. Um, you know, once there was an acquisition that took place, and I can't remember exactly what the companies were, but where a lot of the Porter Cable... Um, Delta stuff went under a, a Taiwan, Taiwanese company. Mm -hmm. I, I don't remember the details, but there was a corporate transition that took place. It seemed like when that happened, it was a dividing line between when anyone gave a crap about Porter Cable and Delta and when they stopped giving a crap. Mm -hmm. Like 
Whenever we talked about big power tool brands, you would talk about things like DeWalt, Porter Cable, Bosch. In the table saw market, you would talk about Delta. You would talk about Powermatic. It was right up there with the conversation. And I, maybe it's just the people I'm hanging out with, yeah. but no, I'm sure some of you have Delta equipment and you're happy with it. That's great. But I don't hear anybody talking about Delta or Porter Cable as a, as a actual contender in the market right it's now. It's weird because we would go to <clears throat> AWFS, IWF. They had the biggest booth. The biggest. And they would always have like a ton of they uh, had, instructors. They had David Marks there. Yeah. They had Scott Phillips there. They yep. even had Norm there Norm. one year. And Delta was like a force to be reckoned with. And nobody talks about it It anymore. was at the Delta booth that you met Norm. For the first time. Yep, and we took that uh, that picture. <laughs> Everybody was very upset yep. that Norm was not in the Wood Whisperer. <laughs> oh, in that season? Because we took that picture. Yeah, a little misleading. Uh, yeah, so I changed it. I was like, I'm done. So I would love to be corrected on this if you do know more about what's going on with power, you know, Porter Cable and Delta. But I just feel like they are a non-topic in the woodworking world. And it's a shame because they used to be huge. Uh, just my perspective on it. Uh, so David Weber <clears throat> asked about... Um, the Wood Whisperer on Amazon Prime in Canada. Mm. We're not there because Canada has Different rules. very strict rules on Canadians being in shows. So the only place you can get our the Wood Whisperer is the U.S. and the U.K. Mm -hmm. So um, Francois has a question. I'm not sure if I'm interpreting it correctly. He says, "Chat, do you tin about Felder?" I think there's a translation issue there. Uh, Felder's great. Mm -hmm. uh, at least in the States, Felder has a great reputation. They make some really big, beefy machines. Uh, what you find in the U.S., though, it's the, the, the traditional uh, sliding cabinet saw like that is not as popular in the U.S. I'm not 100% sure. We've talked about this. Like, what is the reason mm -hmm. why sliders are, like, the thing to get overseas, but in the U.S., everybody's got these, you know, smaller format table saws. Um, I don't know whether it's just a a sheet goods thing or that a lot of woodworkers start as a hobbyist and are just building small furniture so you don't ever get to the point that you need something like a big slider um but yeah felder makes some uh, pretty good equipment all righty okay we're good so we're going to wrap up the main show um if you are either a patreon or youtube member you can come hang out with us in the after show it's much more casual uh you can ask us off woodworking topics i usually start taking my clothes off no, by the end of the no, by the end of it, I'm down to my underwear. No, so. we don't. Tune don't, in for that. We don't do any of that. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so I'm going to put the link to the Patreon post where you can find the show, and if you are a YouTube supporter, you can just go underneath the community tab. That's where you're going to see the show there. Mm -hmm. See, Derek has a 1985 Delta Unisaw in pristine condition. Oh wow. Yeah. Uh, all right, so that does it for us today. We'll see some of you in the after show. Remember, there are circle templates at mm -hmm. twwstore.com. And then if you go to our website homepage right there, you can't miss it, is the new desk video. And also, of course, right here I on YouTube. I love that thumbnail. It's, it's, uh, so, I, it's so not us. It's so not us because I was looking at on YouTube and I was like, ooh, what's that? I go, oh, that's our video. You would think it's one of like the tech <laughs> channels or you know the gaming setup yeah. channels. Yeah, it's all good stuff. <laughs> Okie dokie. Well, you guys have a wonderful weekend, yep. and we will see you next week. Bye. Hopefully, we'll be able to dig ourselves out of the yep. snow. Because <laughs> it's going to be crazy. It's crazy, yo.